Well, I hate to start this show off on a negative note, but I'm upset. Uh, oh, already. Just, hey, it's, happy Monday. No, it's happy Monday. Great. <laughs> happy Monday. It's, it's a wonderful Monday. It's going to be a wonderful week. It's going to be a wonderful show. It's Drop the Subject. It's Allie and it's James. And we're going to get to a lot of fun stuff on the show today. We, ha- I mean, I'm looking at the schedule. It's very exciting. I mean, we've got a, what year is it? Star Wars edition because it's dun, May the 4th. Dun, 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 May the 4th be with you all. May we're going to be, we made bread. I mean, it's the Monday Munch Report. I, I made my very very first loaf of bread. I cannot wait to share the finished product with you. But we start the show before we come on the air. Jesse, our producer. (laughs) Someone who we spend just like five hours nonstop talking to a day. FYI. Does one of the douchiest things that a person can do in this world. (laughs) And that is to say... Oh, uh, by the way, it was my birthday on Saturday. Great. You know what? <laughs> there is no way that I'm supposed to know that. And then you can't just nonchalantly after the fact say, well, oh, yeah, it was my birthday. And then also go into detail about the cool drive that you went on for your birthday, which is a sad birthday to have. I mean, it's probably one of the better birthdays you can have at a time like this. But right. th- it puts us in a position, Jesse, where we're supposed to be like, oh, no. It was your birthday. I can't believe I. Fr- and then we we looked like a holes because uh-huh. we didn't wish you a happy birthday on Saturday. When how how are we supposed to know that it's your damn birthday? And let uh, me just say, you, it just takes a second to just drop the fact on a Friday. Oh, by the way, it's my birthday tomorrow, so that we can actually treat you right. Well, and then right, treating you right is like, did we? Did you actually tell us at some point? Like, did you hint at this? Were you like, was it hidden somewhere in a like young people watching old movies? Were you just like, oh, the Titanic and then the ship sank and uh, May 2nd's my birthday. And like, like, was it in there somewhere and we missed it? So then I'm second guessing and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have all these things going on. And then like, whatever. And then did we miss it? And did we tell him? And then this is one of those things where it's a it's it's a typical thing that like a girlfriend would do to be like oh no you guys it was my birthday and nobody wished me a happy birthday and you're like yeah but you did this to yourself why are you playing these games with us you didn't actually tell anyone that it was your birthday so how are we supposed at least i will say this so what's worse than Allie? is it the people who are like yeah my birthday was this weekend because i will say for the record i was like hey jesse what'd you do this weekend well saturday was my birthday we went on this drive and uh, sorry let me let me thank god you asked how his weekend was right let me do that again. Um, so Saturday was my birthday and we went on this drive and then it was like really cool. We went down like Mulholland right. and like, yeah. So that, that's Jesse. And I was like, like, wait, wait, okay. wait, your birthday. Or is it worse, Allie, if you're the person who's like, it's my birthday month. What are you guys doing for my birthday on Sunday? You it's mean May, like all of my friends. May, May the 4th is also my birthday month. What are, <laughs> what are you doing for my birthday? <laughs> well, I mean, the amount of drives that you would have to go on to celebrate an entire birthday month for I mean you're you're absolutely right the basic bitch one month birthday is a very hard thing to accomplish when people are still quarantining themselves but in these days I can't be held responsible for remembering anybody's birthday at any given point it's same as a phone number you know the only reason that I know I I know probably five phone numbers and five birthdays wow like wow. actual birth dates uh-huh. is that bad no, I think yeah, the, the rest numbers, of them I know because of Facebook. 
Well, the, I think the phone numbers are definitely in line with most folks, right? I think I remember like my best friend's childhood home's phone numbers, like things like that. But I don't, and then like my like four emergency contacts. But the, but I, for some reason, I'm pretty good about birthdays. Birthdays tend to stick for me for some reason. Okay, so next year on May 2nd, you're going to remember that it's Jesse's birthday. It Well, only because it also happens that my best friend that I grew up with, her birthday is also on May 2nd. So I'll just make that association. And then another person who has become a really good friend. Uh, actually, we've talked a lot during quarantine, which I think is something we're also going to talk maybe on later in the show about like uh, the, well, I've like new friends in quarantine. Her birthday was also on May 2nd as well. So I'm just going to be like, there's a third person whose birthday is on May 2nd. And okay. then it'll come back and then, to me. And then it'll be like, it mm-hmm. starts with a G. It's and I'll be like, just a G. And then I'll hear somebody talking like this. And I'll be like, oh, it's Jesse. Ah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Well, the other thing is that if, if it was actually his birthday, like if we were all in the studio right now, I would be like, oh, boop, this is an easy fix. I'll just order some Postmates, and which I guess I could do if we wanted to give Jesse some birthday, burri- uh, birthday breakfast burrito or something like that. I just feel... <laughs> Because uh, I was given the, hey, after the fact, BT dubs, it was my birthday. I feel like I, I can't go rush and get a card. I can't send you. I mean, I, I would have to mail you a belated birthday card, which would be so belated at this point that you would probably get it next Thursday. And then it's just a card with nothing in it. Like, and then he'd uh, have to microwave it. No, I'm kidding. Don't microwave your mail. Microwave your mail. Why do people do that? People are doing this, by the way, because uh, you know, because of Miss Rona. They're they're that scared about Miss Rona. Really? That their people are people are microwaving their envelopes. Yeah, you did it. Oh my gosh! Yes, someone who will remain unnamed in my life microwaved their mail, and the microwave set on fire, and then they like tripped and fell and like bruised their face. It was like a whole thing. Was this person you? (laughs) No, this person was not. Was not me. Thank God, because I don't think we need to microwave our mail. But the mail had a piece of metal in it when this person (gasps) microwaved it. Oh no! Well, now I really want to send Jesse a birthday. (laughs) Right for your birthday, whatever Ali sends you, don't microwave it. It may have metal in it. Okay, well, Jesse, I will, I will buy you a breakfast burrito if you would like one. Uh, I'm happy to Postmates it to your house uh, or to where I don't even know. I feel like I don't know enough about you. I don't even know where you live, who you live with, but I will send you a breakfast burrito, and we will have a wonderful show today. We also will hear from Jesse in Young People Watching Old Movies. He had to watch Alien this weekend, so we will see what he had to say about it. And when we come up, ne- uh, coming up next, how Saturday nights are changing. What is the new Saturday night? It's a lot different. People are taking up parking lots. They're going old school. They're going teenager activities. We'll get to that when we get back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. I have been informed by our producer, Jesse, that he did not even do his movie assignment of watching the movie Alien. So uh, I will have to remove young people watching old movies from today's show rundown. Um, (laughs) Should we we give him a pass because it was his birthday? Like maybe. I mean, I personally don't think so. No, but sure, we sure if we're gonna be nice people, <laughs> uh, we we should be. I mean, maybe it is. It is. This is showing Allie love in the time of COVID. Mm-hmm. This okay. is patience well, yeah. in the time of COVID. he maybe just wasn't feeling it. We're not gonna. We're not gonna birthday shame Jesse. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, this is kind of like the last straw, but, you know, just... Well, you know, his reason wasn't really... His reason was not even my birth... It was my birthday. His reason was I didn't feel up to it. So I don't know how... <laughs> I'm going to give him birthday. Really I'm going to give him birthday. I'm feeling nice today. I'm, maybe I'm still sleep deprived. I'm going to give him birthday, benefit of the doubt. Okay. All right. Fine. I'll, I'm, I'm not necessarily on that page, but sure. We will expect the... <laughs> 30-second recap of the movie Alien tomorrow, but this weekend a lot of people were busy, and people are getting busier and busier because there is a new type of Saturday night, and this is a, a New York Times article that I thought was pretty interesting. I don't know how your Saturday nights have been shaping up, James, but there are some pictures from how people are celebrating, not celebrating, but how they are spending their Saturday nights around the world in the form of, I mean, parking lot parties, uh, social distance cornholing in Minneapolis, uh, you know, it, uh, club quarantine virtual dance parties in Paris, all kinds of ways. There's somebody in London who created a, uh, they, they threw their own party with cardboard cutouts of their favorite celebrities. I mean, people are going all out, finding ways and doing live concerts in their backyards. It's kind of interesting to think about how the Saturday night is changing. People are still finding ways to make it different and make it fun, but it's completely different than it was. And I wonder what it's going to be after all this. Yeah, I feel like the, you know, my my first answer, you were like, I don't know what you're doing on your Saturdays. I'm like going to the club and hanging out in the, wait a minute. That's yep. not what's going on, nor do yep, I yep. think that will be what our, uh, I won't say it, I'll spare you of it, but the thing that happened happens to us in the future. Uh, this is going to be really interesting and sort of complicated. I I did read an article uh, over the weekend on a break from writing that was about um, pods that we're all we're all going to sort of have a friend pod and there will be eight to ten individuals who are the people that you kind of get to hang out with and like that's it. Those are that's your friend pod and that's who your P and so if you're only really hanging out with each other and then you know the assumption is you're still following you know physical distancing practices with other individuals you are washing your hands thoroughly you are not touching your face all the things that we still need to be doing that then this ends up being your friend pod so then like Saturday nights are really like games and maybe six feet apart distance dinners with this same group of friend pods over and over again versus like going out and having a drink on a Saturday night. And just meeting and just meeting and talking to whoever's there. Yeah. I mean, you make a great point. Friend pods are probably going to be the regular thing. But then what happens when you get sick of your pod? Does it become a walking dead situation where, you know, you've got your little group of people and no one in, no one out. But then, you know, one person becomes at odds with one person in the pod and then you've got trouble in the pod and then one person's axed and then another person wants to come in, but you don't know where they've been. And it's like this whole survivor situation where, you know, you kind of have to initiate a new member of the pod. And you, I think that initiation comes along with like, let me see your latest test results. Let me see your antibody testing results. Oh, you have wow. to quarantine yourself for 14 days before you can come to our next pod pod dinner party okay and we only drink this kind of wine no i'm kidding but i i do i think it's going to be kind of a thing i think there's definitely going to be a threshold that people are willing to accept 
from other individuals. And because we've talked about it now, because we like to host people, particularly in the summer. Chris loves barbecuing and doing the whole nine and whatever. And we're like, okay, so how are we going to have people over? Like, do we just not let people in the house and we only do things in the backyard and we set up chairs apart? You know, like how how's this whole thing going to work? Because that's our typical Saturday right. night is like a, we normally have people over. We have dinner. We play games. We might go for a drink or whatever. But I, I'm in no rush as much as I miss it. I'm in no rush to be around large groups of people right now. Well, I, I think that your the, the thing that you typically do on a Saturday night, which is have people over, is going to be the new thing. I, I think that instead of people going out to meet in a in a a, a coffee shop or a bar or uh, something like that, when you when we come out of this thing, everyone's going to have new recipes. Mm-hmm. Everyone's yeah. <laughs> going to want to share their new recipes. They're going to be like, oh, I made a focaccia. Why don't you come over and we'll, you know, as long as you're healthy and you've been healthy, why don't we just limit the amount of people that we're around? You can come over and we will have some drinks in the backyard or whatever it is. You know what I noticed is I was walking around this weekend And I saw, and I think this is going to happen as well, more people are going to be getting tickets for open alcohol containers walking on the street if that's illegal in your state. Because I saw people that were hanging out and just walk, going for a walk. Like, okay, let's drink in the house. Drinking in the house was like six, the past six weeks, that's what people are doing. And then the past couple weeks, it seems that... Hey, why don't we take this beer and just go for a little walk? <laughs> it's just a casual thing that's going on. And I think it's going to be another growing trend that's going to get some people in trouble. Yep, I 100% agree that it's going to be something that uh, maybe they'll relax those laws. Maybe they'll be like, hey, you know, it'll be it'll change a whole thing. You can just like walk up to bars, grab a drink, just keep walking a la New Orleans or Provincetown, something like ah. that. I don't know. It'll be quite interesting. I'm kind of for it. I'm kind of for it. Can't afford as well. Or drop the subject when we get back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. When you hear a song that you really love, it's a brand new song, it's a hot new track, how many times do you listen to it before you get sick of it? That is the question that we are about to answer because... Having an off-air conversation with James where he, you are still working on your dissertation. You got a, a little bit of an extension. So you, you, and you would be pulling your hair out about now if you had any hair. But when you listen <laughs> to music while you are writing, you've told me that you've settled on Daughtry. It's just all Daughtry all day. <laughs> and kind of. All, all butt rock. And for those of you who don't know what butt rock is, it came comes out of it's a rock rock station in Houston coined the term because they did a they did like a promo or a sound or whatever they were like nothing but rock and then they'd play like Creed or like <laughs> or like Nickelback Lifehouse, or something right yeah, yeah Lifehouse right and everyone was like oh so this is what you mean by butt rock get it yeah. uh, nothing <laughs> but rock so butt rock is its old category I have a playlist saved for it you can look up butt rock it's great and this is no shade to these individuals by the way because I feel like they're very talented people like Chris Daughtry is very talented but this whole genre of music and it kind of started with Lifehouse my, my first playlist on Pandora shh I know we're not supposed to talk about her was Lifehouse and it was like Lifehouse House songs and then other music. Well, now it's turned into this whole thing where when I write, so all the way through my master's program and now all the way through my doctorate, which I am almost done with. So we're talking years of school. 
I do nothing but basically listen to like butt rock in the background while I write. Daughtry is helping you write your dissertation. And what I find fascinating is that you will listen to not only butt rock the entire time, but you will listen to one specific song (laughs) on repeat for hours and hours on end. And this is where this is the crux of it. I don't understand if you like a song it ha- even if it has a high b- or a low burnout rate, mm-hmm. how you can listen to the same song for seven hours is beyond me. I had that when I was maybe 12 years old. Oh, <laughs> and I, and that being said, I had a life house phase myself. Uh-huh, I listened sure. to the hang, the hanging by a moment album many, many times, uh, many it's a times, great album. Yeah, yeah. especially when you're a, a little queer kid who is in love with your best friend, and doesn't know how you feel about it. You Aww. have to have Lifehouse who's going to help you get through it. Totally. But to, to, as an adult, listen to the same song, the same Daughtry song for six hours uh-huh. seems like. <laughs> are you, are you hating on Daughtry? Just saying? No, I'm not hating on Daughtry. If it was a pink song, if it was a, even a Lady Gaga song, I don't think I would want to listen to any song so many times. I don't think I could listen to any song that for that, that long. That many times? I think I've... I would make, it would make me hate the song and make me hate the artist. Uh, it's it's so funny that our how our brains are completely different. This the there's so there's an emotional there's lots of research around that there's an emotional tie to music. And so there's one particular song that I always listen to right before I'm about to speak or if I'm going on air for the first time somewhere, I'm always like I'm always pretty nervous before I go on air anyway. But like my first like I did my first TV station a couple of weeks ago my, for this particular TV station and I, I always get super nervous. So I was always listen to this one song because I am a little bit superstitious. And B, songs are tied to emotions. And so I know that I need to bring the right emotions into like being a guest on air or something. So I listen to those same songs. I think I've just done this enough where Chris Daughtry is tied to whatever emotional state I get into when Ah. my flow of writing is really good. And in particular, there is a song called Gone and it's from his Daughtry album, his 2006 album. And there's something about that song and there's a song called Open Your Eyes from the Leave This Town uh, album. Uh Those two songs, for some reason, that you put them on, put them on repeat and I will write like a beast for hours. Well, then you should, I mean, you're perfect for radio then because that that is our... M.O. is to play the same song over and over and over <laughs> 40, again. 47,000 times again. I did have a friend actually say um, that I need to send Chris Daughtry and the band. Daughtry is a band, by the way, not just one person. I should send Daughtry and the entire band like a thank you. You <laughs> for, should. For helping me get through my dissertation. Yeah. I've thought about it. I'm like, I'm going to write these guys a letter and tell them thank you. And then you. when there are concerts, you have to bring a big sign that said, you helped me write my dissertation and then he'll bring you on and then you'll like play a jam with him and then you'll sing together and they'll be like, and it was a nurse and it'll be like, that. and uh, it'll be a whole viral It'll moment. be a whole thing. See, we planned well, it. If- if there's any song that you can listen to for six hours straight, I would love to have a song recommendation that you think is worth six hours of nonstop play. You can tweet the songs or you can DM them to us on Instagram at DTS show. When we get back, there is a new animal that is terrifying everyone as if things weren't bad enough. There's nightmare news next. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. 
Drop the subject on the new channel Q. James Simmons guest co-hosting with your Allie Johnson. It is Monday. It is the day before Cinco de Mayo, which makes today Monday, May 4th. And in nightmare news, my first time doing this segment on Drop the Subject, but not the first time they've we've done it on the show, apparently. This might be the culmination of all things I found find absolutely horrible and terrifying. And I am not the only person. Allie Johnson's wife also finds these things particularly terrifying to the point where, as you know, we're broadcasting from home and Allie can't really talk about this out loud. I'm whispering because I don't want her to know that they <laughs> exist. I, I told her we were, we were going for a walk yesterday and I said, there's a new there's a new bug and she said Allie and I was like I know I'm not going to say anything else so here so if she cannot know that these things exist but they're as if things were not bad enough I'll let the news anchor take over from here well new tonight as if coronavirus isn't enough for all of us to deal with there are now reports of deadly hornets in parts of the US Mm. just dead Mm. All right. Mm. if you were to tell Mm. me the two worst words to say to my wife I would say deadly hornets <laughs> that's not that's only let's get divorced which would be three no, words no. but i think that this Stop. is still worse yeah they can be as big as two inches and they're Stop. called murder hornets that you okay <laughs> there is now a picture on the screen of a person holding the wing of a murder hornet it looks as big as an adult male's whole half of his finger Get and the, out. the the stinger is like visible very visible usually you can't see a stinger i mean with the naked eye unless i mean a wasp oh i think if you look God. closely you can see but this new york thing? times reports researchers are worried that they're colonizing now they can kill people and wipe out entire honeybee colonies fun so, I, love how, so fun. I love how she just glosses over that part they can kill people and wipe out entire bee colony wait 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 you don't gloss over the kill people part <laughs> I mean, I'm all for, like, let's save the bees. They're already going through enough. Like, they had their whole coronavirus before we had coronavirus. But, like, the poor bees are, are really getting it these days. But but can you just not gloss over the fact that this thing... So, of course, you know, I had to look this up because I'm with Katie. I know. No murder hornets, please. Thank you very much. They kill up to 50 people in Japan every year. Are you kidding? No. You looked it up? Great. I looked it up because I was like, I can't with these murder hornets. And we, like Chris and I are literally talking about like, oh, we need to do more camping. We're going to be outside more. Like we can't wait for coronavirus to live. I'm going to be done with school. We're going to have like all this time. Like every weekend we're going to be like doing stuff. And I was, no, no. If they're in Washington state already, that means they're coming for California, honey. And then when they get here, I will be, I will be in my own self-imposed lockdown. I am, I will, James, what's wrong? Coronavirus lockdown is over. No, it ain't. Y'all no, need to get rid no. of these murder This is murder a whole other reason. First. And this is, this is the earth telling us to stay inside. The earth is like, hey, you know what, guys? <laughs> we are giving you a pandemic right now and you're still going to the beach. So here are a bunch of murder hornets colonizing in the U.S. And, I can't. And you said, yes, they gloss over the killing people. But also when they're killing mass amounts of bees that also kills people because we need bees in order to live correct like they they are essential to our food supply we need to eat like this and the if you want to be like really freaked out by the way just go find video of the murder hornets uh, here's another. This is this is from National Geographic. Hornets from hell. Okay, there's more here. Hold Some describe the sting crazy. as feeling like hot metal inside their skin. 
Okay. Oh my god. So some describe their sting as feeling like hot metal in burning inside of your skin. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, That's I think great. if I ever had a session with God, I would be like, why murder hornets? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, why mosquitoes and why murder hornets? I just I understand like the whole seesaw of balancing things out in the world, but I don't see a need to have these things can rip a bee in half in a millisecond. Why did we need to create something like that? Bees are great. And bees, you're right, have been having a tough go of it. So why can't we just let them chill out, buzz around? And anyone who's afraid of bees, these poor if you see these videos, these poor bees, you're you're gonna love bees after this because you're like, no, they don't deserve this. All they're doing is buzzing around pollinating. Yeah, don't go look at the videos if you like have a soft spot for bees, because there are videos of what these murder hornets do to these bees, and it is it is ruthless. It is the craziest stuff you have ever seen. So uh, I just hmm. So stay the F at home, people. And if you don't, if you second <laughs> guess myself. yourself, just put in the two words murder hornet and that should that should solve it. All right. Um, I'm never going anywhere again. This is drop the subject. We will be right back, though. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Ah, uh, yes, it is May the 4th, and may the 4th be with you. It's also just a reminder of what day and month it is, but it is Star Wars Day. Allie here, James Simmons over there. And today, also on Disney Plus, they're releasing the latest Star Wars film for everyone's viewing pleasure. There's also virtual events happening left and right. I mean, everybody will be celebrating Star Wars Day today. So happy Star Wars Day for everybody who celebrates it. We thought we would celebrate it right here on Drop the Subject by playing a round of what year is it? Star Wars edition. Now, we've played this before on the show where we reveal some things that happened in a certain year and uh, the person must guess what year it happened. Of course, James is much better at this game than I am. But I'm feeling a little more confident this time around. I think we should raise the stakes and do again uh, the prize of the winner gets to choose the outfit of the loser the following day. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm definitely going to have to be sure that I win this one because um, I'm scared of what you might put me in. Or what I won't put you in. <laughs> or, what, or what you won't put me in. No, no nudity with hashtag coronavirus bod. Right now. (laughs) So I'm fluffy as a pillow right now. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. Well, Um, you're also do you're also focusing on a lot of different things right now. So it's okay. Dr. Jen said you have to be gentle with yourself. Remember? Yes, that's true. That's true. We have to be gentle with myself. And um, okay, but I still I mean, regardless, I dominated this game anyway. So I don't know why I'm worried. Hello. Okay. I am going to make it a little harder for you. I don't Uh-oh. know if you watch any of the Star Wars films, but of course, this is just some trivia on what year certain things happened and then what other notable things happened in that year. Then you will guess which year. Let's start with this one. It's very obscure. Mm. This is the year that John Williams was born. John Williams composed the soundtracks for all nine films of the Star Wars franchise. This is also, yep, he wrote all of that. He probably wrote the Cantina 
band song, all of uh-huh. that stuff. He d- he did the soundtracks for all nine of the films. Notoriously has one of the best soundtracks consistently of almost any, I would say, of any film franchise. This is also the same year that Charles Lindbergh's baby was kidnapped. Oh, oh. This is also the same year that pop standards included Night and Day and I've Got the World on a String. A postage stamp cost three cents in this year. And Nielsen was invented. The Nielsen rating system. Stop. The Nielsen. Okay. Arthur C. Nielsen. (laughs) Okay, so I was Did nobody a favor and created ratings. And create, right. Thank you, Nielsen, whatever your name is. Uh, Arthur C., is that what you said? Um, Boy, I was really targeted going in there. So John Williams is not a young man. Uh, like by any stretch, like mm-hmm. he's if John Williams is even still alive, he's at least eighty something. So that had me in a particular place. And then you said you uh, Lindbergh baby kidnapping, so that was like news of the century, like or news of the decade. So that other than I think like a war. So I was maybe putting us World War Two, but that would make John Williams too young. Mm, interesting uh, thought process. But then you, for. right, but then you went, because I can't, I can't, but then you threw me off with Nielsen. I would have guessed Nielsen ratings were invented in like the 50s or 60s, which I think is too late. So I think we got to go like 30s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Need an answer. Lindbergh, Lindbergh's like early 30s, because the balloons were doing their things in the 20s, and it was like a big thing. So <laughs> the like. balloons are doing their thing. <laughs> so I think I'm going to go like 30, it's like 32, 33, 34, somewhere in there. Need an answer. Oh! In 1933. Oh, it's 1932! No, come Anything on. before 1950, in my mind, I'm like, I don't know, it's the 1500s. I'm <laughs> amazed that you're even one year off. Uh, okay, so I think that still counts. Let's yep, do it. No, it doesn't count. Let's move Damn on it. to the second okay. one. Uh-huh. This year... Star Wars won the Guinness World Record for most spoofed film series. It also won the Guinness World Record for most successful range of action figures. It's also the same year that George Lucas attended the Rose Parade, or he was the Grand Marshal in the Rose Parade. Two of the floats in the parade represented the Star Wars planet Naboo and the moon Endor. Also, the Death Star novel was released, and Kaylee Fleming was born. Kaylee Fleming is the one who plays young Rey in the 2015 film Star Wars The Force Awakens. Oh, my. Okay. iPhone was released at $600. At $600. So, was it the first iPhone? Probably not the first iPhone. Uh, And the iPhone is like 10 years old? And she was 2015, young Rey... Oh, man, this is really, really tough. I'm going to go. I'm feeling I'll give you one more clue. Okay. Rolling Stones guitarist Keith Richards said he had snorted his father's ashes mixed with cocaine. (laughs) That should clear everything up. Because Keith Richards allows us to time travel. So then there, this could have been any year. I'm going to guess this is like late 2000s. Action figures and da da da. Like uh, two, seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there. Probably nine. 2009. It's 2007. You are 0 for 2. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, man. I was so close. Unbelievable. Ah. All right. One more really quick. Yep. This year, NPR-affiliated campus radio station of, of George Lucas's alma mater, University of Southern California, licensed the Star Wars radio rights to KUSC-FM for $1. 
The production used John Williams' original film score along with Ben Burtt's sound effects, and it was broadcast on national public radio. Star Wars Episode Six: Revenge of the Jedi, first draft was completed. Also, Battle of the Sex Re- uh, Sexes, Sandra Day O'Connor was appointed to serve on the U.S. Supreme Court, and the longest professional ba- baseball game lasted 33 innings in this year, 8 hours and 25 minutes between the Pawtucket Red Sox and the Rochester <laughs> Red Wings. The top song was Physical by Olivia Newton. John, what year was it? That's the biggest clue. Physical by Olivia Newton John. Uh, the draft of the second script was written. So, movie six was actually movie two for most of us. So, uh, this was young. 77 was the first movie. So, I'm going to say like it's like 79, 80, 81, somewhere in there. 81, 81. You're right. It's 81. Yeah. Damn it. I thought you were going to get over three. All right. If I can do better than one right. I will be able to pick out what James wears tomorrow on the show, and we will we will do a live stream. The exciting conclusion of what year was it? Star Wars edition. Next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. We're in the middle of what year was it? Star Wars audition. Uh, edition. Star Wars audition. <laughs> Star Wars audition. Uh, May the 4th, and it's Monday, and, and we just finished our first round of what year was it? Star Wars edition, and you guessed correctly one year. Uh, it was 1981, so you're about to give me three different uh, a rundown of three different years if i can guess more than one of them i am a winner but you're not going to be a winner just (laughs) i i hey i i wish i could have more confidence in my own self but uh just letting you know okay uh so this particular year star wars the clone wars the animated movie was released oh god i didn't even know there was one there you go. Uh, there was also uh, the American computer animated epic military science fiction film was directed by Dave Filoni, produced by Lucasfilm Animation, of course, and distributed by Warner's Brothers Pictures. Um, so there's your... This could literally... I don't even know what century I meant still. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll help you out here a little bit. Price of a gallon of gas this year was $3.32. Okay. Right. So price of the average Xbox game was $49. Xbox. $49? Uh-huh. $3.32. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there was a... Let me see. Do, 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 do. The top song of the year, so this might help you a little bit, was Low by Flo Rida with T-Pain. Yeah, Low. Get a little, okay. All right. Um, okay. Now, or, I, now I know we're in the two thousands. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. There's your there's your three clues. Those are you my want, clues? You, That's you it? want more clues? No, I, I can. I mean, I can do more clues, but they're pretty randy. They're pretty random. Uh, during a press right. conference in Baghdad. Um, okay. Now, yes. <laughs> Muntakdar Al Zadi threw both of his shoes at <laughs> then President George W. Bush. Oh yes. Okay, I did get a clue at the end of that. Wow, he threw both of his shoes at Bush. Damn, shade. Okay, uh-huh. uh, let's see. Uh, George W. Bush. So I'm gonna guess. Oh man, when was he president? That was definitely. I'm gonna go 2005. Final answer. Uh, 2008. Damn it! Oh, All right. I'm a dumbass. All right, <laughs> here we go. Uh, the next one is 20th Century Fox heavily promoted the film The Other Side of Midnight. Thinking Star Wars would be a flop. 
Wow. Harrison Ford was 33 years old when he played the title character of Han Solo in this year. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, big movies of that year included Smoke, Smokey and the Bandit, Saturday Night Fever, mm. and Star Wars. Okay, okay. I am pretty positive that Star Wars came out in 1977, so that is going to be my answer. Only because I told you in the last break, but you are correct, Allie Johnson. Did you didn't tell me that. I did. Did you say that? I did. I said I was like, oh, the first one came out in 77, so oh, shows how much you listen. Get the more okay. Okay, so here's it. This is the game right here. If Allie gets this one, I have to dress up as whatever she decides I have to dress up or not dress up. Yes. Okay. In this year, George Lucas decided to leave the franchise in the hands of other filmmakers, announcing in January of that year that he would make no more Star Wars films. And in October of that year, Walt Disney agreed to buy Lucasfilm and announced that the next episode of the movie would be released three years later. Okay, I think this was that prequel crap that came out. Start, yeah, yeah okay. With Hayden Christensen, okay. Uh-huh. Um, this was the first time on November 26th of this year was the very first time ever in the history of New York City that not one report of violent crime occurred. What? Whoa. Okay. Yep. I mean, I have no idea. That doesn't clear up the year, but that's fascinating information. Okay. Is, isn't that fascinating? Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Uh, let's see. Before, before this year... The largest buyer of kale in the United States was Pizza Hut. And they only used it as a garnish around their salad bar. Why is is that included? (laughs) That's not helpful at all. Uh, Okay, I can bring it back to movies. Um, After the release of The Hunger Games, (gasps) women's participation in archery rose by more than 100%. Allie Johnson (laughs) There was also, last clue, last clue, uh, Bob Anderson, who was the sword master, so the phys- guy who did the physical acting for Darth Vader. Okay. In two of the movies, The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, he died in this year. Allie Johnson, for the win, the pressure is on right now. Oh what year was it? Was it? I want to say that when those prequels came out, I was in high school. I must have been. Now, mm. 2001, and then the Hunger Games, that was late. I'm going to go with, oh, Lord. I'm going to go with 2003, 2001, final answer. Oh, Allie Johnson. It was 2003. I'm changing it to 2003. You are I'm absolutely way off, by the way. No, I am? <laughs> you are way off. 2000, what is it? 2012. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> You're like high school and all this other stuff. Oh, right. wow. I mean, there Damn were like you, weed. Dif- different set. <laughs> I'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. News it or lose it time. I've got three headlines. James has a way to vote. Let me hear it. (laughs) That didn't work. Let me try again. Hold on. 
All right. That's just, you know, it's pretty, we're doing the best we can. It's folks. pretty bad. Right. I got a red I don't even know what year it is right here. now. So. Right. <laughs> it's that time of day already. Yeah, hey. All right, here's your first headline, James. Stevie Nicks has yes, done an in-depth yes, interview. Yes, okay. yes, whatever Great. it is, don't care. Headline number <laughs> headline number two. Why a Japanese aquarium wants you to video chat with some baby eels. Oh, I kind of saw about this already. I sort of don't under... Well, now let's news it because I kind of don't understand. Maybe you can explain okay. it to me. Okay. And then finally, headline number three. Kim Jong-un is alive no. and he's at a fertilizer factory. No, he's not. I've seen the body doubles before. I don't know. Uh-huh. I, I need more information than just he's at a. I, I saw this one too. He's like out at a ribbon cutting or something. Nope, nope. Don't believe he's it. Opening a fertilizer factory. Yes. Yeah, correct. He, they have no idea where he was for the past twenty-one days, but apparently he's done this before, where he's been gone for as as long as five weeks at a time. Okay, let's start with some Stevie Nicks, shall we? Yes. Everyone could use some words <laughs> from Stevie Nicks right now. Yes. Um. She has been self-isolating like everybody else. Uh-huh. She did an interview with Rolling Stone where she detailed a lot of things about how quarantine has affected her plans. She said that she had uh, entertained the idea of working on a Rhiannon, a Rhiannon book that was based Ooh. on the Welsh myth that inspired her song. Ooh. Which is, I, I, I would love to read anything that Stevie Nicks has to put out, but I, I would rather hear about her life than just that one myth about the one song. Right, right, right. Yes. I, but sure. I just need her to just start talking. Like, every, like someone get her just a little bit high and be like, Stevie, the year is 1967. Oh, God. Go. She would go right back. She'd go right back into that bathroom and write Gold Dust Woman number two. <laughs> she would just like nuts. I didn't want her to not stop talking through like 2020. <laughs> like I just, I want to hear all of it. It says, despite her intention to get some rest and take some time off, quarantine has taken a toll on her. She says, I don't get to sleep until six or seven every morning because I just can't sleep anymore. Whoa. Now, maybe she, maybe, uh, she says, I go to sleep at about seven o'clock in the morning. Then I have somebody come in and wake me up at two o'clock and it takes me an hour to wake up because I haven't had enough sleep. Me and my three roommates what? were laughing saying, well, it doesn't really matter if you don't go to sleep until 7 in the morning because you don't really have to get up until 5 if you don't want to because you're not going anywhere. Um, I had no idea. Dr. Jen. That <laughs> she has roommates and then she's going to bed at 7 a.m. I mean, it's like Stevie Nick. How old is she now? It's like she's living like she's 18. 72, probably, something like oh that. Oh, my God. <laughs> also, her new obsession is Harry Styles' music. She said, to me, it is the summer of Crosby, Stills, and Nash, where I listened to nothing but their debut album for six months. She said that she's been listening to nothing but Harry Styles. See, she's another person who can listen to the same song over and over You're and right. over again. See, maybe it's probably it's- the sign of a genius or something. It's like the way your toes are shaped, and then it's also <laughs> whether you listen to a song 60 hours in a row. Speaking of toes, this has absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I got yoga toes for the first time over the weekend. Have you ever seen these things? They've changed my life. I think we should do a whole segment about it. I have bad feet. They've, it's changed my life, Allie, in a day. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about at all, so we will save that we'll because save. I don't know <laughs> if anyone else out what there what kind of trickery <laughs> infomercial crap you just bought. But I'm really excited it's, to see. It's fantastic. If anyone listening has does yoga toes or has seen this thing or whatever, please tweet us or at Instagram or our Twitter at DTS Show because they're amazing, and I'm going to need some backup for this. Okay. Aquarium in Japan asking you to please FaceTime these tiny shy eels who are in quarantine right now along with the rest of us. 
apparently social distancing has been very hard for these little eels. And they are worried about them. They're planning to install five tablets around the eel's tank and give people the opportunity to to virtually keep them company from now until tomorrow. So I guess these few days are really important. They said that they 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 believe the eel's behavior is concerning. Because they're shy. They're, they're like these eels that kind of bury in the sand. Uh-huh. And then when they're feeling kind of happy and curious, they'll come out and they'll poke their little eel faces out into the world. And they'll be like, pew! <laughs> and they said that... <laughs> the noise of the eels. Because, pew! <laughs> that's them. Pew! They are reverting back to cautious, wild behavior because they're not seeing people. So they're just kind of going and burying in the sand. And the scientists and the aquarium people they cannot check if the eels are healthy they don't know how they're developing so they want eels to be reminded of their human field pre-quarantine lives because they're just getting really shy and they're regressing into the sand and they can't really care for them properly that way so they want people to facetime with eels and talk to them so that they'll come out of their little burrows Uh, but don't we want the eels to be like as close to their natural sort of way of existing as possible like what i mean i I guess we need to be able to check on and see if the eels are healthy i I get that point also but like isn't the point of like having unfortunately having animals in captivity those to try to mimic their their normal natural lives as much as possible so like if eels aren't normally used to people then like i don't think we should force them to be used to people if i'm getting sick of facetime i'm pretty sure (laughs) eels are getting sick of facetime also can they see two-dimensional like my dog, my dog does not respond to me on FaceTime at all, but like freaks out when I walk in the door. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or they do that thing where they hear your voice and they're like, I don't know what's happening. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. I, I think that when you, the, the mentality of, well, no one, no, there's no one, there's not a seven year old's face pressed up against this aquarium windshield right now so the eels probably need to be re-socialized but then when you think about the amount of silence that all of these animals are having right now they probably are fine with it but Uh then when the zoo opens again they're probably going to freak the f out that's true so maybe this is a a way to like ease the eels back into it i don't know either way it's it's fascinating i suppose if you're bored it's someone else to facetime Yeah, I guess so. I would rather FaceTime an eel than a lot of the people I know. I know that much. Hello. All right. We will be right back. Slow streets are becoming a thing in different cities. We'll explain what they are after this. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie and James Simmons. I want love with a slow hand. (laughs) I want somebody with an easy touch. Is this Daughtry? I want somebody who I spend some time. What was that, Allie? What'd you say? I was busy. I was singing about slow. <laughs> I was wondering who sang that. Is it Daughtry? It's Daughtry. <laughs> Chris Daughtry should remake that song. I won't love with the slow. We're talking slow streets, actually. Sorry. I am still slap happy and still a little bit sleep deprived. And I love it. Jesse you know I love a, it. He made a, actually kind of a funny joke. He was like, a slow segment, quick story. Slow streets, quick segment. Right before this is a great oh, yeah. good job, That's Jesse. The kind of birthday jokes that we're gonna get from Jesse on a on a week like this. Yes, slow streets. I saw this and I was like, well, that's offensive for streets. And then <laughs> I read about what it actually is, and just as a precursor, I am amazed that I have not been hit by a car yet. 
because oh. there are people walking. I mean, I'm walking all over the place. I'm doing a flare when I'm running. Uh-huh. I have thank God I don't have a bicycle. I've already been in one bicycle accident where I broke my shoulder, so yeah. I, I should not get back on two wheels. But my wife has been pestering me to buy a bicycle. But the, long story short is people are out. People are out all over the place. And there are still cars on the road, even though there are not as many. And in a place like, I mean, this is specific to Los Angeles, but I don't think people who are driving around in Los Angeles necessarily have pedestrians on the brain. No, so, it's very different than other places. Like I lived in Chicago for almost 15 years. And like you are constantly thinking about pedestrians and bikes and whatever because they're everywhere yeah it's not necessarily the same here in los angeles i agree so i I have not heard of slow streets happening in los angeles county but in portland and in the bay area and in several other cities they're implementing this thing called slow streets and here's how it works they close off certain portions of a street that maybe are near parks or near the water or near a port if it's portland in order to give people a little more room to be pedestrians or be bicyclists, it's just sectioning off an area for people to kind of roam around and properly social distance. Because you think about hiking trails and some of these streets, any place really that people would like to gather, they end up closing it down because people start to gather and they don't want people to do that. So if you extend and close off maybe some neighboring streets around that area so that there aren't cars going through, then people can properly throw and catch an American mini football as they're allowed to do now in California (laughs) or only only getting hit by a car. Right. Or only throw a softball. You can't can't catch it. You can only throw. You know know what I saw somebody doing this weekend? Uh Uh-oh. That was not on the list? Well, uh, bring it. Shot putting. No joke. What? Were I they like training for the 2021 Olympics? I, d- I don't know. He didn't seem, I don't know how, I have nothing to compare it to. I don't know if I'm like, wow, that was a great put or whatever it's called. <laughs> right. Is it a shot or is it a put? I don't know. They put the shot somewhere, right, but yeah. he was videoing. So he had a whole tripod set up. He was in a big park area and he did the whole, you know, twirl around and throw the shot put and he did a one two three and then he just went and got I was like man that's not on the list but I guess why wouldn't that be on the list it is probably the most solitary sport that there is (laughs) unless you hit someone because those things go pretty far right yeah that's but that's I I love it I hadn't even thought of shot maybe I'll start shot putting in my street here because I think my street might be uh, like a de facto slow street So, yeah, I think that's the other thing is that there are some streets that have kind of turned into slow streets without necessarily being closed off. I went for a walk in a neighborhood that I don't live in, and it has very, very wide streets. It's very, you know, there wasn't a lot of traffic, and we were literally walking in the middle of the street. It felt so freeing. So it's kind of nice, that feeling that you get, right, when you're walking in the middle of a street, and you're like, this is mine. I remember one time I was at... LAX, they had closed and evacuated the the airport. There was some kind of a... It ended up being nothing, but all of the in and out was was paused. And Mm. I was able to stand on the ramp going it's like on the departures ramp like yeah. walking in the middle of the street uh-huh. the power that you feel when you are <laughs> on a street that you're not allowed to be on otherwise you're like this is ne- my two feet are never going to be here again there's something good about that uh-huh i am i am dominating this street right now yeah this is mine departures and i'm like oh crap i'm late for my flight you're like don't 
Oh, no. <laughs> All right. When we get back, deleting people that you cannot delete on social media. Is there a cousin or an uncle or a gay aunt or a wacky aunt that's bothering you and you won't be able to delete them even though you really want to? We'll talk about that when we get back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. If you've spent any time on social media, this is Drop the Subject with Allie and James, you may have noticed that people are at their peak annoying. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I know it sounds negative, but when you're in an airport, people are usually at peak annoying because they're stressed out and they're in a situation that they're not normally in. And that's exactly what's happening with this situation is people are, they're cooped up, they're experiencing something that they're, they've never experienced before and they're anxious and stressed about it. So the way that everyone deals with it is different and the way everyone reacts on social media is different. And so we wanted to kind of bring this conversation to the airwaves because I wanted to bring up the question of who do you wish you could delete right now? And, and why... Because there are some people that are on my social media, and, and I will say that it's different depending on the platform. People on Facebook are annoying for a different reason than people on Instagram. People mm. on Instagram are annoying for a different reason than people on Twitter. But I do have some people that are coming up that I would like to delete that I am not able to because they are family or friend. And it's just, they're dealing with this pandemic very differently. And even if it's just little things like spreading information, that's not true and being like, listen to this conspiracy theory or, or it stemmed from this or everyone should be picking up this medication because it makes you better. You're like, no, and I don't want to be the person who's commenting and being like, that's that, you know, because then you start a whole thread of, well, this is right. Well, I found this on the news article. And no, it doesn't it, go. It doesn't anywhere. end. Yeah. And that, that people just keep going and going and going and going and going. And, and you want to, I get really conflicted because there's, I, I admit this of myself. I tend to be like a solver. Like I, I, I mean, I've created, ask the NP for crying out loud, like come to me with your problems and I will help you fix them. And people do, and but sometimes I find myself knowing, okay, this is not a conversation I should really engage in because I think this individual just feels the need to vent or feels the need to say whatever they need to say. And so I sort of stay out of it. But then when people do ask me very specifically sometimes, Allie, uh, they'll ask me questions and they'll, hey, I really want your advice on this, you know, on XYZ, what's going on? Or even like coronavirus, for instance, you know, like, oh, what about coronavirus? And I will say, okay, well, this is what I think is going on. This is in my, I guess I can say expert. Yeah. In my expert opinion, this is what I think is happening. And then sometimes people are like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to go do this other thing anyway that I asked you whether or not I should do. And I'm telling you, don't See, do there it. there you go. <laughs> That's annoying as hell. I can't imagine how annoying it is. I mean, the, the amount of schooling that you've undergone, the amount of experience that you have as a nurse, nurse practitioner, and everyone's calling you a hero and all the wonderful things that you're doing. And then they do ask the NP. And when they don't like the answer, they're like, mm, well, actually, you know what? It's, I might as well just ask WebMD because WebMD <laughs> is going to... Find Give me the answer that I am searching for. That must drive you up an effing wall. Uh, only in that, you know, it's right now. I'm just so busy with, you know, trying to finish my doctorate, uh, all of that. So sometimes I'm like, wow, I really took a lot of time and energy to like put a yes. thoughtful response into this. And then you're just going to go, you know, 
play rugby anyway with all of the other people who should be social distancing. Like, okay, well, I guess if you were going to do it anyway, you don't need to, like, I'm not going to validate your bad behavior. You know what I mean? I see. So are you, most of the questions that you're getting are about what activities people feel like they can and can't do? Those are, those are a lot of them. Or like, even, you know, we brought up earlier, like people microwaving their mail. Do I need to microwave my mail? No, don't microwave your mail. You're going to burn your house down. And then people are like microwaving their mail. (laughs) Then don't. It's, it's okay. I, I mean, I don't think you need to microwave your mail, but if you were going to do it anyway, boo, like do it. It's okay. Right. <laughs> like, well, I'm they not wanna, judging. <laughs> they, they want you to either be like, absolutely not. But and then you're right. They're going to do whatever they're supposed to, they, yeah. they wanted to do in the first place. Yeah. Well, the way I look at it, Facebook has been for updates, whether it's like, hey guys, we're all doing fine or um, you know, we're visiting mm. grandma or uh, my dog died or we're pregnant Aww. or, you yeah. know, it's like updates on what the status of people in general right now. And mm. most of the people that I, I'm not on Facebook very much, but it's usually an older crowd and some of them, it's like cat memes and life updates. That's what Facebook has been about. <laughs> right. Instagram is for internet challenges. That's just like, hey, let's share random videos on Insta story of what I'm doing. And also, I'm going to challenge you to do 20 push-ups every day or balance a tennis ball on your racket or whatever it is. Right. Twitter is just about general anger. That's just general <laughs> general anger towards politics or towards people being stupid or whatever you want to get pissed about. So those three social media platforms, TikTok, I don't know yet. Jury's out. I haven't joined. But... Those are the three. And Facebook is actually, contrary to my popular belief that Facebook is the most annoying place, it has actually turned into the most fun place to go because the people that I'm friends with who now have children who are always posting baby pictures. (laughs) They're over it now. Well, they're they're over it and they're letting their kids cut their hair. There's like this what? new trend that my my mom friends are doing and it's to raise money for Glad and uh-huh. they're letting their kids just hack their hair off. It is amazing. Get and it's just out. videos of like a kid being like bah, 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 bah. my friend caught off like a foot of hair. <laughs> and it's all oh mismatched God. and it's super chunky and she's just rocking this new weird ass haircut and I'm like okay hey, Facebook is where it's at now uh, apparently and that new haircut is going to be like the hottest thing right everyone's going to come out of it and like the real housewives of whatever like Lady Gaga like all the tre- Rihanna like all the trendsetters are going to be like look at what my kid did to my hair and it's super hot and I'm keeping it this way yes the, the kid haircut ladies and gentlemen you heard it here first it is going to be the new trend when we get back we're going to we made bread this weekend for the Monday Munch Report. We'll let you know if it was a DIY or a DDIY situation when we get back. (laughs) Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. That sounds good. I'll have that. Yas, 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 yas. What are you doing? I'm blotting the grease. It's the best part. Let me see that. Subject is back, and we are ready to get into our Monday staple because one week ago today, Allie Johnson here, James Simmons over there, we talked about the new trend of bread making. It's, you know, a couple of years ago, even six months ago, the trend was 
not not making carbs, not ingesting carbs, or if you did, it was all gluten free or or made of ground up almonds. I don't even know. It was like cauliflower everything and almond everything. And now people are just back to regular old flour and yeast and water and making sourdough bread at home. How dare they? Braced carbs again. Yes. So. We decided to, this weekend, put our skills to the test and actually make bread. I spent yesterday making a loaf. I did not go to the store to buy anything because I had already gone to the store the other day and I, I loaded up. I mean, I, I've loaded up for like two weeks worth of food and I was like, I'm not down because I'm sick of going to the grocery store. I just want, I spent like <laughs> 300 bucks. So I was like, I'm not going coming back here. Well, there's also like a national, isn't there like a national shortage of like yeast right now, right? So True. even if you had gone to the store, there might've been, uh, you might've been uh, exposing yourself to potential dangers for no reason for because no there's reason. no yeast at the store exactly so i went into my cupboards and i saw that i had wheat flour uh-huh that's a key water, ingredient yeah water baking soda i had almost all of the ingredients to make a non-yeasty bread called irish soda bread okay oh the, all right what what makes ing- irish soda bread irish soda bread no no yeast <laughs> that's that's it <laughs> well so the ingredients were flour Water, baking soda, butter, and buttermilk. Now, I did not have buttermilk. But they said, if you don't have buttermilk, no no worries. You can actually just mix lemon juice with any kind of milk and then whip it and let it curdle. And I was like, well, all I have is almond milk. So, I mean, I, I took some video at slash audio of of how this happened because my my wife stir the mixture and let it sit for five minutes until it curdles okay that's not gonna happen what (laughs) when it comes to half tablespoons and tablespoons the set that we were given does so this is the this is what i'm about to explain here because Uh i i i cook i don't necessarily bake and Uh the measuring spoons that we're given they're not like normal measuring spoons. Have any labels on it? It just says that this is a heap of love. So I'm gonna. It says like a, a half, a three quarters of a tablespoon for some of this stuff. So I'm just gonna do a dash of tenderness and a pinch of joy. So somebody <laughs> gave us this cute little measuring set, uh-huh. but it doesn't have actual amounts on it. It just says like a dash of joy, a heap of love, a, a cup of warmth. And I'm like, is that an actual cup? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> That's great. So I don't know if any of my amounts were what they were supposed just to kind of hope uh-huh. for the best. So I'm going to mix this. This seems to be doing absolutely nothing. So it's whisking. Nothing seems to be happening. I'm going to mix it together. We have a frother? You oh, needed right. more we joy. We needed a pinch more joy, I think. <laughs> and then I, K- Katie reminded me that we have a little frothing thing on, attached to our coffee maker. So I started using that, but that didn't do anything. But like Here a cappuccino mean. thing, like you stick it you in the... Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. All of that, all of That's those. great, but you're not making what you made when you were catering. So then we were starting <laughs> to get into an argument about what to put in the bread, because I had decided I also had some leftover walnuts and some olives, some Kalamata almonds. Uh, oh, yeah. Olives. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do a walnut olive bread and Katie was like well that's not Irish soda bread I was like yeah but I when I was catering I saw that, that this bread was being made and she was like but that's not this bread anyway 
got into a fight about it. Then we... Because <laughs> that's the right thing to do is try to put something together or make something work without the right ingredients during quarantine when you've been around each other 24-7 for six weeks. Exactly. Yeah. So then yeah. I waited. I tried to wait for the... Um, I tried to wait for everything to uh, to uh, curdle, which it uh-huh. did not. And then when it did not, I just decided to mix everything together. Look, I've got a little bit of a loaf. So, so what I'm supposed I, I, to do... I actually did make a loaf here is flour my surface. You were very excited. And start kneading. Oh, we're only to kneading at this point. I have and I didn't want to go to the store. Do you want me to put a dove chocolate on top? No. So then now Katie's getting creative about what to do with the shape of it. She wanted it to be made into the shape of a cat head. So I did that. I of, made a little loaf. Of course. I put cat ears. And then I, I then she decided that we should put two dove chocolates in the middle for eyes and a, another one for a nose. And I was like, well, now this is walnut, olives, and chocolate. And I really... I'm already not feeling great about the the end product given I have the buttermilk. <laughs> and you have curdled, not curdled lemon almond substance exactly. instead of buttermilk. I'm not sure this is going to taste super great anyway, but now you're mixing like sweet and savory inside Which of a bread. can be a make or break. It can be really good or it can be really bad. Exactly. You got to like kind of nail that one to like make it work. So then I cut out a little smiley face and some whiskers and I put it in the oven for 35 minutes and Uh-oh. I have just texted you the finished product Uh-oh. and the cat ended up looking a little horrifying when it came out of the <laughs> oven. It was really cute when I put it in and it kind of looked like a crazy sadistic Cheshire cat when I took it out. <gasps> oh God. But I've got some Irish soda bread here if you want to take a look. This is actually... <laughs> Not bad. Real, it tastes a, not bad? Really? Well, I'm going to taste it for the first time right now. You ready? Oh. Um. No, you're not. She's still alive, everyone, although she's working pretty hard. We call this mastication, and she's having to masticate quite, quite. It's like a lot of effort. This is really dense. (laughs) (laughs) I'm seeing like like veins pop out of your neck right now. (laughs) Do you have water? Do you have any of that almond milk around? You're going to need to wash this down. Let me get some water. We'll be right back. (laughs) Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Part two of the Monday Munch Report right here on Drop the Subject. A week ago, we were talking about the new trend of bread making. So we decided to try our own hand at bread making. We kneaded and nodded our way through the weekend. But James, when I received your video... Mm-hmm. I also your... kneaded and nodded my way through the whole weekend, Allie. The yeah, just nodding weekend. off. Not yet. I needed alcohol and I nodded <laughs> off. <laughs> and I nodded off. I needed and nodded the cramps in my legs from sitting too much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I puzzled yet again. I've officially done all of the puzzles in my apartment. I may have to buy more, but more on that later. I received your visi- video of your bread making mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. and it was yeah. a 30 second video that I have a lot of questions about, James. Sure, because- sure. I, I'm ready. I'm pretty good at making bread, Ali. So um, mm, I know yeah. we kind of talked about yours beforehand um, and it didn't sort of like turn out, but mine turned out pretty great, I think. Pretty excellent. I, I made a loaf with, I made a yeastless loaf that was extremely dense. I'm still recovering from it. I was <laughs> chugging water during that entire bread. Break, but you managed, oh. I don't know how you managed this, James, but you managed to pull fresh out of the oven pre-sliced bread. Now, will it, you explain exactly what the hell happened? Because I'm not sure you did this properly or you're some kind of bread savant. 
I I was trying to sort of hide this from you that I am a bread savant, if you will. Um, some people have called me an idiot savant, but I'm more oh, of a bread savant. Um, it's a thing. It's like a trick from Nebraska. Only people from Nebraska understand this trick, Allie, about how you were able to put the bread together and sort of, you You're know. full of crap. You, you didn't make the bread. You make it and then you put it in and then it just comes out freshly sliced. So no. then right then and there, you can take a warm slice. You can put some butter on it and it's just done like that. James, you're lying. You're a the, nurse. The, the you're the about to be a damn itself. doctor and you're lying. <laughs> I no, the alley, the bread itself is sliced, but the, I don't know if you could see, I was actually able to pull the bread uh, pan thing that you put it in. You pull it out with my bare with my bare hands. Yeah, because bread savants don't say pan hot. thingy. You know, they do. It's a, it's a Nebraska thing, Ali. You totally wouldn't understand. Um, you can't just we, say everything is a Nebraska thing. It's a gay Nebraska thing. We can talk about it in the gay May on Wednesday. Um, and maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Um, you did not make bread. You took uh, a loaf of bread that you had. <laughs> I don't even think it was a whole loaf of pre-sliced bread that you got right out of the damn grocery store. And you put it on a baking pan. And you I just made a video disagree. of you taking it out of the oven. And I understand you're a busy man. Man, okay. I really think the point here is that you are calling me a liar, no. and um, I think I have issue with that. Yeah, You're, no, you are a professional. So, you are a medical professional <laughs> lying to somebody right now. Nope. Um, stone cold faced. I'm staring down Allie in the Zoom call right now, and just so you guys know, I'm you know I'm making sure that she can see my eyes because you know when people lie, they look down into the left. I'm looking, and um. I'm not looking down into the left at all. <laughs> you are. And it's mirrored. Um, yeah. Don't. So then it was down into the right. Anyway, um, listen, there's a video of this. I put together a video of all of the really hard work that I had to do um, to take this bread out of the pack. I mean, put the bread together and knead it and whatever. And you, you put some. You know what? I, I think I'm a little upset that no one did any of their assignments this weekend. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> Jesse, it was your assignment, assignment to watch a damn alien movie and then write this 30 second recap on it. And James, uh, you just had to mix some flour and some water together and toss it in the oven. I and mean, I, I, I understand like, you've got a lot, huh? I feel like um, I feel attacked. Is that what people say? Is that what mm -hmm. they're supposed to say mm -hmm. when you don't like when someone's saying something to you? I think you also can say you're triggered. Oh, I'm triggered. Yes, Allie, I'm really triggered by this. I'm feeling okay. attacked. No, I don't, I'm not, not making fun of anyone who does feel attacked by things that they should legitimately feel attacked for. I just think that, you know, I don't get to use this excuse often in my life, hopefully only once. I had a GD dissertation to write this weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. So yeah. I, the, you are lucky that I took the 37 seconds to pull that bread out of that package and throw it in a pan and make a video about it. Okay, well, you know what? I had to clean my cat's litter boxes this weekend, and I still found time <laughs> to make, to make bread. bread, okay? I so mean, dissertation. I, I understand everyone has their stuff, and people have degrees <laughs> things Listen, like I know you're busy, but, like, um, we went but, kayaking, so... <laughs> I, just I, had did, a little... I mean, when, when will I not be kayaking? It? <laughs> All right, All right well... Fine. So next hey. week for the Monday Muncher Report, no, we will we'll come it. up it's with over. something else. Uh, maybe blueberry muffins. Oh. Oh, yeah. I am I'm good at a good muffin top. I mean, <laughs> she said top. Oh, good. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, enough about bread. Let's give you some actual information, shall we? Drop the subject with Allie and James. And there have been a few updates on COVID-19 we thought we would share with you. 
Um, I don't know if you heard this. I do want to talk about that potential new, I, well, I guess it's not new, that drug... Uh, Remdesivir? Remdesivir, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like trying to scroll and find it. I'm like, like I was like, there's no possible way I could remember that. I'm what like, Rasputin, is what is the drug Rasputin about? Um, <laughs> Rasputin. But before we get into that, I just wanted to quickly mention, this is a new article that just broke uh, a little bit ago at the New York Times. The uh, Supreme Court is going to hear a case remotely for the first time, but an internal government report has just projected that about 200,000 new cases will be happening each day by the end of this month. And that scares the crap out of me. Wait, 200,000 new cases of covid Yes, that's what it, I'm seeing. It says, uh, let's see. In the world or in the states? As President Trump presses for states to reopen their economies, his administration is privately projecting a steady rise in the number of coronavirus cases and deaths over the next several weeks. The daily death toll will reach about 3,000 on June 1st, according to an internal document obtained by the New York Times, nearly double the current number of about 1,750. The projections, which are based on government modeling pulled together in chart form by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, they forecast about 200,000 new cases each day by the end of the month up from about 25,000 right now. Whoa! <laughs> this is social distancing works, people. This is what... Listen, the numbers were coming down and things were looking better because we physically distanced from each other. So now that we're not physically distancing, these things that we were fearing are going to start happening. And ultimately, obviously, as a healthcare provider, I'm most worried about the capacity in... On the healthcare system, um, you know my my <laughs> Chris showed me a meme that someone had earlier, uh, and they posted this on Facebook. And I don't. I feel like this is a little bit too aggressive, too fear mongering, but it does make you think. It was just a picture of a hospital bed, and it said, "Just because, uh, just because some states are reopening and." quarantine is easing does not mean things are better it just means they have more room for you in the icu right <laughs> and i've so learned that from you but also like reading stuff like this i don't want to go anywhere like yeah. i don't know like, i don't care what reopens i'm not gonna go anywhere for a little while unless i'm very very sure about the situation i'm putting my body in like, if I'm a little clear on what is within the four walls that I'm about to walk into. Because right. COVID sucks, and I don't want it, and it's not worth going to the beach for it. I mean, if I can socially distance, then sure, but... Why don't we get into what this what this drug is? Because Rasputin has been used in the past and it's being used again. <laughs> You're using it in your hospital. Yeah, Rasputin, or um, otherwise known as Remdesivir, is a drug made by Gilead, which many people know the name Gilead because they also are the makers of the two FDA-approved oral HIV prophylaxis medications, so medications for PrEP, Truvada, and Descovy. So Gilead uh, makes a bunch of antiviral drugs, among other things, and they originally made Remdesivir, and trialed it against Ebola about 2013-2014, and it initially showed some really great promise. And then it, it failed, 
And that happens to a lot of medications, by the way. Most drugs fail at doing lots of things before they, we sort of figure out exactly what they're supposed to do or what the dosing schedule is or whatever. So it's we already had this around as an antiviral. Remember, Ebola is a, a virus. So this was already an antiviral medication. Well, in scurrying to try to find a cure for coronavirus or for COVID-19 specifically, all lots of companies have been saying, well, we have these old antiviral medications around. Let's try them. Let's experiment. Well, remdesivir has popped out uh, pretty recently um, as a medication that seems to be working. You know, the there have been studies all over this. So the National Institutes of Health have used several hundred different hospitals as testing sites in the hospital where I work is one of them. And so patients are getting remdesivir. Some patients are getting remdesivir and some patients are getting a placebo. And what they're finding is actually a pretty significant improvement 31 percent improvement in recovery time yeah so patients who are getting remdesivir on average are getting better uh, are recovering in about 11 days whereas people who did not get remdesivir are recovering in about 15 days Remdesivir is also a reject uh, of Lady Guinevere's sister. They, there, was like a, there was a novel that was written about Lady Guinevere, and then someone wrote a pamphlet about remdesivir, and she didn't really do much. Yeah, and she, she's like the one of the forgotten. I don't know if you knew that. There's a whole history there. Thank you. Is it that like when How I Make Bread, Allie? <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. that's very good. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, this has been very informative. And of course, we will keep you updated uh, on all things COVID-19. Uh, stay safe out there, people. And like they say, uh, on, especially on a day like today, the Mandalorian doesn't take his mask off in public and neither should you. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject on the new Channel Q. James Q. Simmons, guest co-hosting with your... Allie Johnson. I sound like, what does that sound like? You're, uh, I'm watching, what is it called? The Michael jo- Michael Jordan documentary. And the Bulls announcer, you're Chicago Bulls. He oh. is in my head. You know, he's like legendary, right? And he's in my head because that's like been one of my little mini breaks from writing. Like at night when I just can't anymore, I'll watch some of that. And mostly it's because I hate Michael Jordan. But, oh, really? Yeah. And so I want to watch this. I can't stand Michael Jordan, but I want to watch this documentary about it and like learn some more. But anyway, that guy. So those of you who are, have heard of this at all or are watching the documentary, first of all, even if you don't like sports, it is tremendous television. It is done very, very well. ESPN Films always just knocks it out of the park and they sort of tug at your heartstrings and you sort of remember how big Michael Jordan was back in his day and like whatever. It's just it's really fantastic. So if you're kind of looking for something to watch because you might have run out of other things to watch, I highly recommend this because... Apparently, people were turning to like gay stuff in quarantine, like we're queering up quarantine. Yeah, just wanted to quickly note, if you are keeping tabs on what's going on in James Simmons's head, it is Daughtry and the Chicago Bulls announcer. <laughs> you're Chicago Bulls! <laughs> uh, but you're absolutely right, James. People... This is a, a quote-unquote study. I don't know how much mm-hmm. there's actual like evidence to this, but it's more of a poll, I would say. They're claiming that quarantined America is loving gay TV these days. And I think there are two shows that kind of put this poll into perspective. It's because everyone's watching Schitt's Creek and everybody's watching Tiger King. But I think there's something to be said for the fact that 
We are also super into gay dance parties. I'm seeing a lot of things about drag queen story time. A lot of people in the queer community are running like gay uh, virtual parties over the weekends that people are really loving. I think uh-huh. the point is that gays make things more fun. And yeah. right now, quarantined people need things that are more fun. So they're going to turn to gay TV. They're going to turn to gay Instagram influencers who are doing those dance parties and doing those virtual zoom parties uh, just to to let loose a little bit and remember that you can have fun anywhere and you can put on fishnets anywhere you you can you can also listen to drag queens right reading stories like that drag queen what's her name dolly parton she'll read you stories (laughs) as well like you can this makes you happy It, it reminds me of chris and i have been watching drag race right we're in the middle of drag race and then celebrity drag race came out and it was i didn't want to love it at first i don't know if i know there's people you it's hard to talk mess about about drag race because people like go crazy they like get all up in your business that's like the beyonce helicopter that we were talking about with jason i think there's also a drag queen helicopter (laughs) right they like come for you and speaking of right we have a friend of the show jason carter who is on drag race by the way he's one of the pit crew you can tune into him every friday for the pc police pop culture police report but so i'm i'm there i i am i am i think the sports nut in me really likes to escape to this michael jordan documentary but the like i just need to escape life and escape my dissertation and whatever i totally want to gay things up and i don't think it's uh necessarily has to do with being gay or straight i'm i'm with you people are like loving good escapism tv and right now Shit's creek and tiger king are definitely that yeah and i wouldn't even call tiger king like gay content I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm watching gay TV. I'm watching Tiger King. Tiger King is a crazy true crime documentary about some psycho people that run big cat parks. (laughs) And (laughs) one of them happens to be gay. Uh Um, But it's more just about the craziness of of running a zoo filled with big cats and trying to pit each other against each other. But the gayest thing that I'm watching right now that I am loving, well, there's two. Uh-huh. Number one is Lesbianic, and it is a documentary film called A Secret Love, and it's about these two lesbos Aww. who were, uh, I mean, they've been together for 68 plus years. They just Stop. officially came out like three years ago. They're Whoa. adorable. They are, I mean, to think how old these women are. And their names are Pat and Terry. And one of them was a softball star and the other (laughs) one was a hockey player. Like that is how all of of the stereotypes were born was from Uh those two women. They started all of it. Just the two of them single handedly. I'm surprised (laughs) it wasn't Barb and Terry, but Pat and Terry. I mean, Pat and Terry is pretty. That's pretty good. Barb and Terry. And one of them talks like this. It's perfect. (laughs) And then the other one that I didn't even know had some queer themes in it is Never Have I Ever, that new show with Mindy Kalick. So there are more and more queer themed things out there. And of course, it's 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 really lovely to watch, I guess, just also heartfelt, good natured stories about queer people you're like yay and that's why a lot of people really love Shit's Creek because there's a a queer plot line in there and it's not like a tragic storyline yeah absolutely I think there's a there's actually a new uh something coming out that's called our new film called Cowboys coming out by the way which is um it's got like it's about queer right hey it's on Pornhub (laughs) Anna Carrington it's actually she directed it it's actually about like there's some queer cowboys in it too. Not like full on Brokeback Mountain or anything, but Steve Zahn, who I kind of love, he's in it. Oh, I think yeah. he's one of the queer cowboys. So yeah, there's all kinds of fun, like queer gay uh, 
TV watching for you. But in the meantime, go watch that Jordan documentary. Oh my God. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Still have a news it or lose it to get to and also announce the winner of the gayest news headline of the week. If you have not voted already, please head over to our Instagram at DTS show. We put up our nominees every weekend and you get to vote on the gayest news headline. But first, when you go to the grocery store and you're still seeing that there are no onions or no rice or no pasta or any number of things, right? Eggplant is hit or miss for me. <laughs> Eggplant is always missed for me. I mean, not the emoji, but the Just vegetable in general. itself. Yeah. You, you look at those situations and you're like, man, demand must be so high. that It's like, you, you know, you got to donate to food banks and make sure there's enough food going around. Right. But it's kind of interesting when you think about how the system works that there is actually too much food right now and food is being wasted. There's surplus food that uh, farmers are being forced to dispose of. And now the Department of Agriculture has announced that they have plans to buy surplus food waste worth $300 million every single month from farmers just so they can distribute it properly. And the the reason for this which I know it's weird to think about because everyone's rushing to the grocery stores, but because all of the restaurants are closed right now, demand for a lot of the regular foods that they sell is way down. And But they're still, of course, farming all of this stuff. So it's it's not even about that there's all this surplus, which there is, but it's about redistributing, right, to the people who actually need it. Well, there's a distributing it to people who need it is really, I think, the kind of the focus of where they're going. But what's sort of interesting is a lot of people don't necessarily understand this. It, this varies widely across food. But from a kid, I did not grow up on a farm, but I grew up in Nebraska. So I get this. I understand it. And my family were farmers. Most foods have some sort of excess supply all the time. And you're buying from that. That's why there's a whole movement from like farm to table, like direct from there. Right. So you literally farm something. You grow it, you you harvest it, it goes straight to a restaurant or straight to a person's house or whatever. But at most like large farms that feed most people and most restaurants and hotels, right, and schools, things like that, these things sit around for a long time. And it's a balance because you're saying, okay... I can throw some wheat in this. Uh, I can store some wheat for a certain amount of time before it starts to go bad or gets too many bugs per pound or whatever, right? And so then I got to sell this wheat. Well, they're not selling it. So it's even if, you know, because you, you might think, well, just stop farming, like just stop the food. It's spring, it's planting season right now, like stop, stop growing food if we have too much. But it's more a function of, well, there's already this in, in surplus that they were trying to balance between I can hold this for so long versus when I can sell it. And now all of a sudden they're not selling it. So I think this is a really brilliant idea to try to redistribute this to food banks across um, the country, though the federal government is saying they're going to spend $300 million, like you said, Ali, which is a crazy amount of money per month just to be able to redistribute this. But then I also wonder, okay, so you're getting food into food banks and it's helping people, but then our, is the food just going to go to waste there in the food banks? Like, exactly. are we just pushing the problem are down the, the right line? Food ba- banks too. Yeah. Uh, so, and then people are going to use them. How long are people using food banks? And when states start to reopen, are people going to continue to need food banks anymore? I mean, it, it it's, it's a really, really interesting problem, though. Apparently, you know, a lot of the like dairy cooperatives and people who represent those things seem to think that it's not an 
unsolvable problem, that there are ways that we can fix this. And I love this this little story here about um, this organization called FarmLink, which was started by a bunch of college kids to reach farmers and collect surplus food um, to distribute down the line to food banks. And they're going so far as to renting their own trucks and collecting 50,000 onions that were to be destroyed in Oregon and move them to a food bank in Los Angeles. They also purchased 10,000 eggs from a California farm and donated them to a different food bank. So they're trying yay college kids. Can can you imagine how much it takes to go into, yes, yay college kids, to go into making and growing 50,000 onions? (laughs) When I played those little stupid farm games on Facebook, I was so proud that I made like four batches of strawberries. Can you imagine all of the work and the time and the effort it takes for these people to grow 50,000 onions and then they're finally done and you are about to throw them in the trash uh-huh. just seems I mean when I was catering I couldn't that was like one of the biggest wake up calls when I first started working because it was at the end of the night and they'd be throwing whole plates full of cheese and shrimp and steak and like amazing high quality quote farm to table type foods right and you're just like why are we throwing this away uh-huh. And they'd be like, well, we don't have, it's a liability to, do, to give it to people w- uh, outside of the event, right? So you can't, uh-huh. like, I think the only right. thing they could do was occasionally give it to a church. But you can't just give it to, it's, it's quote, a liability to sure. give uh, all that food to just, say, a homeless person on the street. Because what if they get sick and blah, blah, blah. But it's, right. it's with these situations, it's just so frustrating because you're like, but there's there's hungry people. Why are we throwing away this food? And it just, it uh-huh. gets so convoluted and it's not simple. And there's so many layers to it, like an onion. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. Drop the subject on the new channel Q. It is time, like you heard, for News It or Lose It. I am James. I have three headlines. Allie Johnson has a clinger dinger binger banger. Oh, uh, very that was aggressive. Huh? Yeah, that was a good clinger dinger binger banger today. That's I got my bread in. <laughs> or, or is it just your bread? <laughs> <laughs> this is the sound of the bread that I've made. This is the sound of the bread working on that. Wow, I'm really slap happy. Okay, headline <laughs> <laughs> number one. News anchor allegedly caught cheating while half-naked woman walks into live shot. Nice. Yep. Ding. Glinger, binger, binger, dinger, banger. Uh, number two. Councilwoman becomes completely unhinged in conference call. Attacks city's first openly gay mayor. Oh, no. Oh, should I news it or lose it? <laughs> you're no, I'll lose it. I'll lose it. You're like, oh, no. Oh, no. Um, and finally, girl eight pens song, quote, I wonder what's inside your hole. And honestly, it's a masterpiece. <gasps> oh, you know what? I think, oh. Can we even do this on the radio? Uh, I don't know. Can we not? Can we not do this? You might have to lose it. I think I have to lose it for FCC reasons. Oh, are you kidding me? This is this. The song is the cutest. I was okay. 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 I want to hear it. I want to hear it. You want to hear it? Maybe. Maybe we'll make Jesse just bleep it out. 
Just do lots of bleepity bleep bleep bleeps. Jesse, do your job. Bleep it. Jesse, can you do your job? Ready? Here we go. Where's the little girl? Ready? I wonder what's inside. Is that Daughtry? It's. <laughs> I mean, that is like a ro- classic rock type of jam. She's really got a, a whale on her. She does, and she like she's like slapping the she's guitar, passionate. and she's and she's got a little like jig, like a little dance with it, and she's like a one in a sign, and like. <laughs> It is really fantastic, and she is, like, intense. She's looking at the camera. She's really, like, feeling this thing. I can feel it. I can hear it. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly, she's gone viral with this song. This is the song of the summer. I think so. I mean, the gays are going to get a hold of this and remix it. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what's in, wonder, 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 inside your b-hole, Wait for the drop, wait for the drop, wait for the drop, wait for the drop. Hey, we're pretty good. Maybe we should remix it. And then that can be our one hit wonder. And then we can retire, Allie. That'll be great. I'm ready. I know what I'm doing with the rest of my day. Yep. All right. So Councilwoman becomes completely unhinged in conference call, attacks cities first. Man, I'm really bad at these news or lose. It's because I pick ones that we basically can't air. But a councilwoman from Trenton, New Jersey, had a truly epic meltdown at work last week, and she is not apologizing for it. Robin Vaughn is facing calls for her resignation after she launched into a homophobic tirade during a conference call with city officials about coronavirus. No one has any chill anymore. Zero. Everyone's lost their mind. She goes into this like 10 minute long, uninterrupted. It was a 53 minute call. 10 minutes of it is her losing her collective mind. Like everything in her mind exits. And she begins to call the city's first openly mayor. She calls him a pedophile. Openly gay mayor? Openly gay mayor. She calls him a pedophile? She calls him a pedophile. I'm not sure I can say this either, but she calls him a bitch ass. Oh, I think you can kind of say that. Oh, that's right. I can't say the other one, but I can say bitch ass. So um, she goes on to talk about how uh, the mayor and another council person who's presumably gay aren't real men. And the only thing they've brought into City Hall is a bunch of young boys. And they're sitting up there in the mayor's suite right now. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is like total quarantine brain delirium. (laughs) That's just like you and like these thoughts. She she seems like just a crappy person and that these thoughts were there already. But Uh she has completely lost the filtering process that would normally take place if you had a grip on reality, which we all don't. Totally. Now, she does tweet. At the mayor, saying, stop talking to the newspapers and release the full audio and transcript. And saying, Trentonians, okay, since I don't have the privilege of having friends who are owners or editors of newspapers who will only write good things about me or my side of the story, then I will request the full audio or transcript be released so you, the residents and taxpayers of Trenton, New Jersey, will have the full context of that conference call. It is released, and the guys she loses it on were kind of taunting her before this call. 
Oh, okay. Everyone, everyone loses it. Everyone has quarantine brain. And they are like, they call her incompetent. They call her a child. They tell her to stop acting like a crazy person. Oh, well, okay. She loses it for like 10 minutes and goes maybe a little bit overboard. If you want to hear the full audio, you can. It is online. Her name is Robin Vaughn. She is the council person for Trenton, New Jersey. I cannot repeat most of the 53 minutes of the phone call. <laughs> well, you know, if that guy with the cat who threw his cat has to resign, she definitely has to resign, too. Oh, for sure. And I love that these are all city officials. Finally, last one. I know we got to wrap up. But the Spanish news anchor was accused of cheating on his TV star girlfriend when viewers spotted a half-nude woman just saunter right behind him during the middle of a live shot. Oh, <laughs> half-nude lady saunter is definitely getting a lot of people in trouble. Sure and I love when I When this came out, it was like ring doorbells were getting people in trouble and now Zoom calls are getting people in trouble. I mean, just technology is really turning us, it's exposing us for the liars that we are. For who we are. But the good news is that happy endings are on the way. Don't go anywhere. And gay news headline winner drop the subject the new channel q been told by my wife to be quiet she's meditating um now it's time to end the show <laughs> that's kind of I, hard to do when you host a radio show we'll end it quiet as quietly as possible uh-huh. um i'm Allie johnson james simmons is with me and we are very happy to have had you during this time and if you missed anything you'll definitely want to download that podcast Please download the podcast. You can rate and subscribe. You can hear young people watching old movies. Oh, Jesse didn't do that. That's oh, right. never mind. Uh, we talked about how there is a new type of Saturday night, what people are doing around the world now on Saturday nights. James is not only dreaming about Daughtry, but he's listening to him on repeat for six <laughs> hours in a row. Is there any song that you could possibly listen to for six hours straight let us uh-huh. know what you think that song is we talked about you, slow streets <laughs> with what <laughs> i said thank you chris thank you chris chris daughtry Oh, I was like, Chris Contreras? Oh, Chris, Chris <laughs> I mean, your thank husband? you to Chris Contreras and my husband, too. But no, right now, it is thank you, Chris Daughtry. It's Chris, you, thank you, Chris Daughtry. And then finally, uh, we're about to give you our happy endings and the winner of the Gayest News Headline of the Week. Which one do you want to do first, James? Ooh, I say we do uh, winner of the Gayest News Headline of the Week. Mm, all right. Here we go. You had four nominees to pick from over the weekend. We put them on our Instagram story, and you get to vote on the gayest news headline of the week. Your options this week were as follows. Headline number one, Speeth's hole-in-one wrecked by cup spacer. <laughs> hey Headline number two, Freshman Tally makes the best of her two soggy holes. Well, that one was quite a contender. I'll bet you it was. Number three, how a good docking can boost productivity. Sure can. (laughs) Actually seems, when you think about it, like more of a distraction. But hey, never floats your boat. And then finally, number four, woman in sumo wrestler suit assaulted by her ex-girlfriend in gay pub after she waved at a man dressed as a Snickers bar. It's long, (laughs) but when you hang in there, I think it's still worth a vote. Totally. Unfortunately, it was not the winner. This week's winner was B... Freshman Tally makes best of her two soggy holes. Congratulations. Congratulations, Freshman Tally. Okay, congratulations, Freshman Tally, and your two soggy holes. We certainly congratulate all three of you. And now, before we get out of here, it's time to give you our happy endings. (laughs) 
happy times. We could use them. Let's be honest. It's quarantine time. It's happy endings time. James, do you have a happy ending? Yeah. So, uh, Allie, I may have completely dominated again. What year is it? And you may have to wear whatever no, I tell didn't. you we to. We tied it. Yeah. Didn't we? The end. Okay. No. What's your happy ending, Allie? No, 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 no. Hold on a turn. minute. You didn't win. No, I Both I of think, us lost. I think, Jesse, nod your head up and down. I think Quarantine Brain has gotten to Allie. He's shaking I, his head now. It was clearly, no. clearly one to zero. I won. I get to pick what you Quarantine wear. Quarantine thoughts. No, tomorrow, I won. And you get to pick what I wear Wednesday. I won News That Are Losing. No, wait. What did I win? You won News That Are Losing. I win. <laughs> Damn it. I don't even remember what I won. Yeah. You Where's Chris that Daughtry? Slap happy brain. Where's well, Chris? Uh, I need him back. I need him back. Maybe we'll have to do one tiebreaker tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. All okay, right. What's your happy, uh, happy thought? What's your happy, happy thought ending? My happy ending is that maybe I did fail at making bread this weekend. <laughs> it was beautiful looking, kind of. The, the good, and this isn't necessarily funny. This is just a happy, positive way to spin this. I made crappy bread, yes, but it's not going to go to waste. Okay? I'm going uh-huh. to eat every slice of that crappy, dense-ass bread. Oh. And even though my bread deserves to be wasted, no food is being wasted in my home. Okay? Ah, uh, very good. So, that's... I, I didn't make a good bread that is being wasted... I did make a bad bread that is not being wasted. So that's my happy ending. That I, sounds... I made myself sustenance and I'm going to partake in it. You sound like an Instagram influencer posting an inspirational quote. Mm. There may be good bread being wasted, but in this house, bad bread doesn't get wasted. <laughs> There's bad blood and bad bread and we don't have either in our house. It's right. important. Quarantine um, thoughts. Quarantine thoughts. I don't know what we're doing anymore. Thank you for joining us. We will see you tomorrow for Just the Tip Tuesday. And it's Cinco de Mayo. We have a special guest who's going to give us uh, a little history lesson on Cinco de Mayo and some tips for a Taco Tuesday. You know, it's Taco Tuesday and Cinco de Mayo. So you should be making tacos and margaritas, but not before you hear from us. So we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. On the next, on the next, drop the subject. On the next show, it's Dos de Mayo. Or is it Tres de Mayo? May the 4th be with you. Happy Earth Earth Day? We don't know what day it is, but chances are you'll be making tacos. So don't go into that kitchen until you've heard pointers from us. And rent is due. April Fool's. Drop the subject. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific, 1 to 4 Eastern, on Channel Q.